Well, good morning to you. Just really quick, really quick, by show of hands, how many of you have seen God do some great things? That's all of us. So why don't we stand and sing about the great things God has done?
Well, good morning. It's so good to see you this morning. Thank you so much for being here. Hope that you've had a great week and are in the midst of having a great weekend together. Hope that uh, you picked up a bulletin on the way in. All the announcements that are in there are extremely important. Uh, Some of them have deadlines tied to them, so make sure you're aware of all of those. Uh, So if there's a certain time that you need to respond by, that you can do that. The only one I want to call your attention to right this moment is the the mission trip. Uh, The dates for the mission trip to Africa are there in the bulletin. If it's something you are interested in going with us to, either on one of those uh, dates or both of those dates, please let me know as soon as possible so that we can uh, start looking at ways that we can raise the money to get you there without... Uh, breaking the bank, and we want uh, as many people to go as feel led to go, so please be in prayer about going with us to Africa. We didn't get to go last year. Uh, it kind of fell through on us at the, as we went uh, through the, the springtime, but uh, this coming summer, Lord willing, I know I'm going. I hope you will uh, go with me, and we'll have a great time. We'll actually tour the house that our church built for uh, the, uh, the young crippled man, uh, Masolani, uh, we'll be able to go there into that village and visit that home, and and you'll get to see what God used our church to to accomplish there in that place. So I want to encourage you uh, to uh, to pray about going with us. Uh, also, uh, Miss Vanita is here with us. She had her heart surgery, and she's able to be back. And uh, she wanted me to tell you thank you uh, that you guys have been great to her and Don. And uh, you've called, you've sent cards, you've brought food by, you visited her. And she wanted me to let you know that she is very, very grateful for all that you have done. So, Miss Benita, good to have you here. Amen. Thank you, Miss Vanita. <laughs> if you ever want to know what quadruple bypass feels like, just go, go talk to her. She can kind of fill you in on that. I know several of you have had to go through similar surgeries, and you know the struggle that is in the recovery. So continue to pray for her in the days ahead. Thank you again for being here. Let's take a moment to pray together. Our Father and our God, today we come into your presence to give you honor and glory to praise your name, to just say to you that we love you and we thank you, Lord, that you love us. Even though we are so unworthy of of the love of the, the creator of all things, of the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Lord, we could never earn such favor, but you give it to us because you are good and you are gracious and you are loving. And so we thank you that you love us the way you do. Thank you for the blessings that you've given to each one of us. We thank you, Lord, for the praise reports we've heard today uh, throughout this morning of how you've answered prayers and worked in people's lives. We thank you for that. We know that there are still others that are struggling, others that are still fighting their battles, Lord, and we know that they are not in that battle alone. They are not in that struggle by themselves, that you are there. And we pray, God, that you strengthen them, encourage them, in the midst of that struggle. Lord, we, we give you this time. We ask you just to come and to invade the space. 
We pray that the Holy Spirit of God would just rain down upon us in this building today. That, Lord, we can't, we can't help but know that we have been in the presence of the Almighty when we leave here. Because you have spoken to our hearts. We have felt your touch upon our life. We have, we have seen the great things that you have done. So, Lord, guide us and lead us in everything that we do today. We want every word that falls from our lips, every song we sing, every form of fellowship we enjoy, whether it's around the Word or in, uh, in, in with our family uh, friends here today. Lord, we just want it to be a word of, of adoration and praise to you. God, we love you, and we thank you that you're in this place. Guide us today is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.
Um, it's, if you're going to children's church, uh, go out the front door. That's the front door. <laughs> I always think of that as the front, but okay. Uh, just a quick show of hands. This week, was anybody turning back to Genesis to check about that promise about the flood? <laughs> uh, honestly, I didn't flip back because I know God keeps his promises, but uh, it definitely rained some this week. I must pray. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, we just want to praise your name. Lord, we are, we're so glad that you're with us through hard times, through good times, that you're always here to be with us. You bless us all. Lord, we thank you for your promises. Um, and this um, tithe or offerings we give, that Lord, you give it to us. We give you back a portion of it, and you bless us with even more. Lord, we just uh, hope that... The portion that we give that's all done to glorify you. Lord, I pray that we all give it out of a loving, uh, generous heart that you've given so much to us. Be with us today. Um, Lord, I'm thankful that I'm able to be here and the people who are able to be here. Pray for those who aren't able to be here for, for whatever reasons. that I know they'd like to be here, but they can't. Lord, be with Tommy as he brings us your word a little later and just fill our spirit with you. Open our hearts to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, as we continue to prepare our hearts and our minds for the message to come, let's stand together and worship again.
We cannot hold back, but shout from the top of our voices that you're amazing. You are so good to us. Lord, your character is beyond anything we can think of. Who you are is far beyond what any mind can reach. And yet you have made yourself known to us that here, right now, we can declare beyond any shadow of doubt that you, God, are amazing. Your grace reaches to the farthest sinner. And your grace, so amazing, pours over us every day that we can declare with your word that your mercies are new every single day. And you continue to be amazing. Lord, we just thank you for who you are. Because there is no one like you. Truly, there is none who can dare stand beside you. You are unrivaled in every way possible. You are our amazing God. And we thank you. Be with us in this time. Continue to show your amazing grace to us as we come to study your word. Be with us, O Lord, as I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for your singing. You may be seated. Brandon, I'm glad I didn't jump up when I started to. We finished that first song. I started to jump up. He looked at me like, not yet, not yet, not yet. I'm glad I did. Aren't you glad we serve a God that we can stand in awe of? We don't have to worry about whether he makes the right choice or not or does the right thing or not because we know that he is good. We know that he is glorious and gracious that he is amazing and he's always working on our behalf. If you have your Bibles, would you join me in the book of Nehemiah, chapter number 4. Nehemiah, chapter number 4. And today we're continuing our look at God's plan and my purpose. <clears throat> We've been answering a series of questions as we have been working our way through the book of Nehemiah. But the ultimate goal of, of what we're doing is trying to make sure we understand by answering these questions that we grasp onto God's plan and that we understand our purpose in God's plan. In chapter 4 today, we're going to answer the question, where, where do I find strength? We're going to read just through the very first six verses together, but we're going to be looking at uh, the entire chapter. So let's look at that together. Here's what the Bible says. Now it came about that when Sambalat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became furious and very angry, and he mocked the Jews. He spoke in the presence of his brothers and the wealthy men of Samaria, and he said, What are these feeble Jews doing? Are they going to restore it for themselves? Can they offer sacrifices? Can they finish in a day? Can they revive the stones from the dusty rubble, even the burned ones? Now Tobiah the Ammonite was near him, and he said, Even what they're building, 
if a fox should jump on it, it, it would break their stone wall down. And in verse 4, we hear Nehemiah praying. He says, Hear, O God, how we are despised. Return their reproach on their own heads and give them up for plunder in a land of captivity. Do not forgive their iniquity and let not their sin be blotted out before you, for they have demoralized the builders. So we built the wall and the whole wall was joined together to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. Let's pray. Father, again, thank you for the honor and privilege that is ours to be able to come into this place of worship. And Lord, while we we come with our own troubles and our own burdens, and each, Lord, just trying to make it through what, what life has handed us, we thank you that, God, we come today to find strength from the only place that we can find strength. We know, Lord, that you are the source of all that we ever hope to have and all that we are, that any strength we ever hope to have to fight any battle we ever find ourselves in is found in you and in you alone. Forgive us, Lord, where we've tried to fight these battles in our own strength, where we've tried to overcome these obstacles by our own wisdom and discernment. So today, Lord, will you just kind of reorient our lives to that truth that you and you alone are our source of strength. You and you alone are the, the powerful one. You and you alone are the amazing one. So Lord, guide us as we study your word. Encourage our hearts. Lord, I pray that in those, in those areas of our life where we've tried to do things on our own, will you bring the light of your truth there, Lord, showing us our fault, our failure, that we may return to the one who has all power. So we pray for your guidance in Jesus' name. Amen. If there is one constant truth seen not only in Scripture but in history, it is this, that whenever a person or a group of people commit themselves to serving the one true God of heaven and they commit themselves to building his kingdom that there's a battle just around the corner it's not if there will be a battle it's only when there's going to be a battle from Genesis to Revelation we see the spiritual battle that is constantly being waged against the fulfillment of God's perfect plan before Adam and Eve were ever placed in the garden, there was the falling away of those angels led by none other than Lucifer, who is considered what we would know him as Satan, leading a rebellion against God, wanting to be a God himself. And ever since that moment that that fall took place, and ever since the earth had been created, we have seen this spiritual battle of the forces of evil led by Satan himself battling the forces of righteousness, which is none other than God's plan. And while it would be centuries 
before the Apostle Paul would pen these words, they still ring true, not just for us today, but even for these builders in the city of Jerusalem, where Paul writes, For our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the world powers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. I want us to understand that the, the, the battles that you and I fight on a daily basis are spiritual battles. Now there may be a face that we put to that battle. Maybe it's someone who is, who is attacking us verbally or even physically. Maybe it's someone that has an agenda against us. But please know that behind that face, it is a spiritual battle. So where does Nehemiah, where do the people of Jerusalem find the strength and the courage to keep building when it seems that adversity and opposition is popping up everywhere around them? I mean, they are literally surrounded by people and armies who want to harm them, who want to stop the building of this wall. To the north of them, we, we know that Sambalat is there. He's, he is a leader of the Samaritans. And so he's there to the north of them. To the east of them, we've met Tobiah. He's with the Ammonites. And he too is conspiring with Sambalat. We've already been introduced in previous chapter to Geshem. He's in the south. And so we have the, the Arab nation that they too want this building to stop and they're willing to side with the Ammonites and the Samaritans. And then to the west, we have Ashdod. And by the way, Ashdod is the remnant of the Philistines. And we know that the Philistines hated the Jews. They hated the Israelites. And so they are literally surrounded on every side by a, a group of people that want them to stop building, that want to discourage them, that want to stop God's plan from being fulfilled and, and, and thwart the purpose that God has for their people, for His people. So I believe in chapter 4, there are four ways that God equips and strengthens the people here in Jerusalem For their battle, and I think it's the same way, I truly believe it's the same way He equips us and strengthens us for our battle when we face them. And it it may not be an army of Samaritans, it may not be a, a, a nation of Philistines, but we still face the battle. So where do we find strength? When the opposition shows up. The first thing I want us to see, we, we, we read about it in these six verses. God gave them a mind to work. God gave them a mind to work. And, and listen, when we read that in verse number 6, the people had a mind to work. That's not the first time we've been introduced to that phrase. We've seen it in previous chapters. In fact, if my, if my memory serves me well, that's at least the third time we've read those words. The people had a mind to work. And it doesn't mean that they had somehow uh, willed themselves. This just simply means that they have devoted themselves. That they believe in what they're doing. They believe 
that this is God's plan. They believe that this is their purpose. They believe that this is God's time. And they are devoted to carrying out what God wants regardless of what may happen. Sambalat, who we met in chapter 2, we find that he begins to grow furious when he heard that the construction of the wall had begun. And by the way, the first thing he does is he takes the Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now, what I mean by that is he starts taking pot shots from a distance. You know what I have found? Is that people are awful bold sitting in their living rooms typing on these things when they attack other people. People are awful bold when they're sitting in the privacy of their home with their laptop or their, or their tabletop computer and all they got to do is do this to attack somebody. They're, they're, they're really bold in doing that. They, they can, man, they can come up with the, the, the words that hurt the worst, with the most accusations when they're taking those shots from a distance. That's what, that's what we see Sambalat began to do. From the comfort of his Samaritan palace, if you will. He begins to take these, these long shots, these pot shots at Nehemiah and the people who were building the wall. He heaped ridicule after ridicule against them. And, and I mean, we see that he ridiculed them as, as workers. He called them feeble Jews. These people aren't skilled craftsmen. They're not builders by trade. And, and, and who do they think? They're, they're just feeble Jews. Then he ridiculed their work. He, he literally says, do they really think they can do this? Do they, do they think they're going to be able to pull this off? I mean, are they that naive? Are they, are they that, uh, are they that delusional that they really believe they're going to pull this off? And then he ridiculed the materials they were using. Can they revive these broken, broken, dusty stones? The rubble of that wall that many of the stones were being repurposed and reused to build the new wall. Many of the timbers that had been, had, had not been badly burned were being repurposed to build the gates and, and he begins to criticize their materials. Can, can they revive these dusty, broken rocks and make a wall out of it? And as the insults begin to fly, Nehemiah begins to pray. I love the prayer that he prays in verse 4 and 5. He prays a prayer much like David prays. Now, we don't pray a lot like this anymore. Because we're, we're afraid we'll be condemned if we do. But, but did you hear the prayer that Nehemiah prayed? God, see how we're despised. Return their reproach upon their own heads. Give them up for plunder in a land of captivity. In other words, Lord, show them what it feels like to be cast out of their own place. That they call home. Don't forgive their iniquity or let their sin be blotted out before you, for they've demoralized the builders. In other words, he's saying, God, they're not attacking us, they're attacking you. He realizes this is a spiritual battle. Lord, they're not, they're not coming after me, they're coming after you. They're denying that this is your plan and we're your people, and they're attacking us based on those assumptions. Several years ago now, it's been many years ago now, had an individual in the church and no matter how much I tried to love that man, he hated me. He just hated me. I, I, I don't know. I think I'm a likable person. I know I don't do everything right and I make my mistakes and, and everything like everybody else does, but he just hated me. And, and I don't know why, but I was talking to a good friend of mine 
One day he served in, in the lower part of South Carolina and, and we were talking to each other and, and, and he asked me, he said, well, how's it going, brother so-and-so? I said, man, he is dogging my trail on every issue. I mean, he is on me like, like I, you wouldn't believe it. Now, here's what he said. I, he said. You want me to pray for him like David prayed for his enemy, enemies? You want me to pray for God to kill him for you, Tommy? Can you believe that? I, I said, now, Brother Jeff, I appreciate your, your zeal and I appreciate your love, but uh, I don't know that I'm ready to start praying that God will put him in the grave yet. Okay, let's just hold off on that. Um, but can you hear what Nehemiah is praying? What a bold prayer. Lord, they think they know us. They think they know you, but they don't. And they're attacking you and they're, 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 they're despising your plan. They're despising your people. And God, avenge yourself. God, show them who you really are. He began to pray. You see, I believe that one of the, 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 the ways God gives us strength is He gives us a mind to work. He convinces us and He shows us and He gives proof to us that this is His work and we are His people. We are on His mission to build His kingdom for His glory. And God gives us that conviction of that. To the point where we can stand and say, look, it doesn't feel good when we're attacked. We don't like what's being said. We don't enjoy these encounters. But one thing we know is that we are God's people doing God's work at God's time, in God's place, for God's glory. So we've got a mind to work. They didn't back down and they, they didn't become timid in their work. He gave them a mind to work. There's a second way that he equipped them. We see that in verses 7, 8, and 9. If you'll look there in chapter 4, it says, Now when Sambalat, Tobiah, and the Arabs, and the Ammonites, and the Ashdodites heard that the repair of the walls of Jerusalem went on, and that the breaches began to be closed, they were very angry. And all of them conspired together to come up and fight against Jerusalem and to cause a disturbance in it. But we prayed to our God because of them. And we set up a guard against them day and night. You see, when the insults failed to stop them, the enemy began to plot. You see, the second thing we see that God does to equip us is He not only gives us a mind to work, He gives us a heart to pray. He gives us a heart to pray. They tried to ignore the the Instagram post and the Facebook post and the Twitter post and whatever other kind of post they could come up with. They, they ignored the chatter from a distance. And so people began to plot against them. You see, unfortunately, sometimes God's people have difficulty working together. But can I tell you something? The people of the world have no problem uniting in opposition against God's work. You see, they... We see some strange, we see some strange alliances forming. It, it was well known that the Philistines hated the Samaritans, but guess who they're conspiring with now? It, it was pretty obvious that the Ammonites and the Arabs did not get along well, that they had warred against each other in the past, but now suddenly they become allies with each other. And as the insults did not work, they began to plot against 
the Jews, they begin to put together a plan. And first, it was Nehemiah who prayed. First, it was Nehemiah who prayed on behalf of the people as he stood before God and he said, God, they're, they're, they're not attacking us, they're attacking you. Lord, show them who you are. But now, the people of Jerusalem are joining together with him in prayer. We prayed to our God. We prayed to our God. Listen, don't, that, that little phrase carries so much power to it. We prayed to our God. Notice what he, he didn't say. He didn't say, oh, when we heard that they were plotting, that the attack was going to be imminent. When, when we heard that they were suddenly starting to, to work together, uh, we, we, we started to panic. And we, we began to come up with contingency plans and, and ideas of how we were going to fend them off. That's not what Nehemiah said. Nehemiah says this, when we heard that they were coming together and that it was no longer just one talking here and one talking there, but now they were, they were joining forces together. You know what we did? We began to pray. We began to pray. Spiritual battles require spiritual weapons. And that's what we see happening here with Nehemiah. Nehemiah understood that, yes, this could become a physical battle, but he understood that behind that physical battle was a spiritual battle. That if he could, if he would, if he would use the right weapons in the spiritual battle, the physical battle would never take place. So, They begin to pray. Can I tell you, we have no greater weapon at our disposal than bowing before the mighty God of the universe in prayer. That we have no greater weapon against any foe that may come our way. We have no greater weapon against any enemy that may attack us than to pray to the God of heaven. And it's in our times of prayer that we find our greatest strength to stand in the face of opposition. They had a mind to work. God gave them a mind to work. And as they worked and the opposition grew more hostile, they prayed even more fervently. And the more that they began to pray, the more strengthened they became. The more resolute they became. In fact, we, we began to see that the, the, the building of the wall now has, has, the breaches have, have, have now been closed up. They, there's no easy access anymore. And so they prayed as they worked and they worked as they prayed. God gave them a mind to work and He gave them a heart to pray. Can I tell you folks, that's, that's where we win our battles is in prayer. That's where we that's where battles are won. You may be battling a an, a health issue, you may be battling a, a relationship issue, you may be battling a financial issue, but can I tell you something that battle if it's going to be won, it's going to be won in prayer. Because God will give us the strength to stand. But then thirdly, he gave them an eye to watch. Look at verse number 10. 
Thus in Judah it was said, the strength of the burden bearers is failing. Yet there's much rubbish and we ourselves are unable to rebuild the wall. Our enemy said, they'll not know or see until we come upon them. We kill them and we put a stop to the work. And when the Jews who lived near them came and told us ten times, they will come up against us from every place where you may turn. Then I stationed men in the lowest part of the space behind the wall, the exposed places. And I stationed the people in families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. And when I saw their their fear, I rose and I spoke to the nobles and the officials and the rest of the people. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord is who is great and awesome. And fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. And when our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had frustrated their plan, then all of us returned to the wall, each one to his work. And from that day on, half of of my servants carried on the work, while half of them held spears, the shields, the bows, and the breastplates. And the captains were behind the whole house of Judah. And those who were were rebuilding the wall, and those who carried the burdens for their load with one hand, doing the work and the other holding a weapon. You see, so not only did they have a mind to work and a heart to pray, but God gave them an eye to watch. There was labor going on around that wall. I think I want you to picture in your mind, mind's eye a wall that had once been 39 feet high and 8 feet thick. That had suddenly been, been taken down and destroyed and just lay in rubble. Can you imagine how much debris lay around the city of Jerusalem? So the work was not only that the wall had to be rebuilt, but the rubble had to be removed. And before they could build the wall, they had to remove the rubble. And so you had work going on in tandem. You had some workers who were carrying the uh, the debris out of the city and disposing of it and, and bringing the good, useful materials back into the city so it could be repurposed. And so you had them working back and forth and back and forth while the builders had their scaffolding and they were putting block after block after block and building the gates and doing their part. Everyone played a part in this building. But now things have escalated. Insults weren't stopping. The plotting wasn't stopping. So the enemy tried to do something even more harmful. They tried to discourage those who lived outside of the city in hopes that they would carry that discouragement inside the city and work would stop. Can I tell you that's one of, can I, can I tell you that's one of our enemy's greatest uh, tactics is to discourage the workers. He wants the workers tired, worn out, burn out. He, he, wants, he, wants the, he wants the rumors flying everywhere. He wants the gossip in the parking lot. He likes the gossip in the, in the classrooms. He likes the gossip in the, in the foyers. He, he, he loves it when people are, are during the week are talking to each other over the phone and spreading the... He loves it. He uses it over and over and over and over again. 
You see, since the walls had been destroyed when the city was captured all those many years ago by the Babylonians, many of the Jews had left Jerusalem because they, their, their, their houses were destroyed. Their, the wall was no longer there and, and the city had been defeated. So they moved outside of the city and settled there. A lot of them were farmers. Many of them were shepherds. And we read in chapter number 3 that many of them began to come back into the city to help build. That they wanted to be a part of this project. They wanted to be a part of what God was doing. They wanted a hand in in fulfilling their purpose and what God was doing in that city. So those who had settled outside of the city were coming inside of the city to work. But guess what happened? Because they were outside of the city, they were a little bit closer to the enemy than those inside the city. So here's what happened. The enemies that surrounded Jerusalem began to sending messengers to those who lived outside of the city. They would just be making their way to wherever they're going, but it would be intentionally so they could stop and say, oh, just so you know, they're getting ready to, they're getting ready to attack you over here. If, if you were smart, you'd go in there and let them know. If you're smart, you go in there and tell them they need to stop what they're doing because people are getting ticked off. And if they don't stop it soon, it's going to get ugly. You might want to let them know that. In fact, here's what Nehemiah says. Ten times, ten different times, they would come from outside of the city into the city to warn us that that attack was imminent. The people outside of the city were becoming discouraged because they began to believe that these people were going to do what they said they were going to do. They were really going to attack the city. And by the way, those people that lived outside of the city, that was their husbands and their brothers and their their sisters and their, their mothers that were going into that city and building that wall. And they didn't want their people being killed. So they tried to start pulling their own people out. You know what? You might not want to go to work today. I think it might get ugly over there. <laughs> you, you might not want to... You might not want to go back to that church. They're having trouble. You might might not want to go back to that that connect group. Can I tell you something? They're having some trouble. You, You might not want to do that. You might not want to be a part of that group. There's some things going on there. You might not want to do that. They tried to discourage from the outside to the inside, hoping that the work would stop. Their job was to discredit the work being done on the wall and make the Jews feel vulnerable and weak. Threats of an attack were constantly delivered until the people became discouraged. They continually brought the messages they were hearing and eventually the discouragement from the outside of the city began to spread to the inside of the city. And I will go ahead and tell you that the most contagious thing in the world is discouragement. It is contagious. All it takes is for a few to start believing that the enemy is stronger than God. All it takes is for a few to start believing that God's purpose can be stopped and God's plan can be thrown to the side if this happens. All it takes is a few. And when they start going, I don't know about this. I don't know about this. I don't know about this. I don't know about I don't like this. I don't know about this. Suddenly discouragement begins to spread. By the way, if you go back and read the Old Testament account, you'll find that that's the very reason that Israelites spent 40 years wandering in the desert. 
because 10 people came back discouraged. And it discouraged an entire nation from doing what God wanted them to do. 10. Eventually, that discouragement began to spread. So Nehemiah said, can I remind you all of something? Can I remind you of something? The God you serve is bigger than any army out there. The God you serve doesn't need chariots and horses and spears and catapults and whatever else they may have in their armory. The God you serve doesn't need those things. He can simply speak a word and those people would cease to exist. Your God is greater than your enemy. You need to remember that. The God you serve is bigger than the problem. The God you serve is bigger than the discouragement. The God you serve is bigger. So Nehemiah began to remind them not only that the Lord was great, but he also reminded them that God is going to be the one doing the fighting. And and so they put their faith into action. And here's how they did it. They began, can you imagine, can you imagine carrying a load of rock and brick in one hand and a spear in the other? Did it make work harder? Absolutely. Did it slow things down? Absolutely. But you know what? They kept working because they believed God. James tells us in his epistle, faith without works is dead. If you listen, just do I believe God fights for us? Absolutely. But you know what I also think? Sometimes he wants me to carry a spear. <laughs> That's what he did with these guys. With one hand they worked, with the other they carried their weapons. They watched, they became watchful. They kept an eye out. They became aware of what the enemy was doing. And and folks, I believe that sometimes that's what God wants us to do. He just wants us to understand that the enemy is there and the enemy has a plan. The enemy is at work and we better be watchful. In the New Testament, there's that admonition to be sober and alert. For the enemy is on the prowl. He gave them an eye to watch. Lastly, he gave them an ear to hear. <clears throat> Verse number 18. As for the builders, they wore the, his sword girded at his side as he built. And while the trumpeter stood near me, and I said to the nobles and the officials and the rest of the people, the work is great the, and extensive. We are separated on the wall far from one another. And whatever place you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. So we carried on the work with half of them holding spears from dawn until the stars appeared. And at that time, I also said to the people, let each man with his servants spend the night within Jerusalem so that they may be on guard with us by night and a laborer by day. So neither I nor my brothers, my servants, nor the men of the guard who followed me, none of us removed our clothes, each took his weapon even to the water. He gave them an ear to hear with weapons ready while working they were to watch for the enemy's reproach. But what Nehemiah understood is that one little family stationed in one little spot on the wall was not going to be strong enough to hold off that enemy when they attacked. They would need to work together. They would need to band together. They would need to fight as one if the enemy did attack. So a trumpeter was, was placed by the side of Nehemiah. And should the enemy attack at any portion of the wall, the trumpet would sound and everyone in every section would rush to the place of the attack. They were not only building as one, they were battling the enemy as one. 
No one family, no one group, no one section of builders would be left to fight alone. God has called us to function as a body, as a family. I need you. And whether you like it or not, you need me. You need that person sitting beside of you to your right. You need that person sitting beside of you to the left. You need that person in front of you and behind you. I don't know them, Tommy. That's all right. They're part of the body. We need each other. He gave them an ear to hear so that when, when trouble was afoot, when, when, when the attack was on, everyone could fight together. That's why Paul wrote these words. If one part of the body suffers, all the parts suffer with it. If one part of the body is honored, all the other parts share its honor. God gave them a mind to work, a heart to pray, an eye to watch, and an ear to hear. These are the ways God strengthened Israel. So here's how I want to close our time together today. I I don't know what battle you may be fighting. Maybe you're not in a battle right now. Maybe the, the building where the building up of, of, of what God's given you to do, maybe it's going really well right where you are right now. But know that if the work is real, the battle is just as real. And we are called to build God's kingdom so that His name may be glorified throughout the earth. And the great enemy of your soul, Satan himself, he is not going to sit by quietly while that happens. He's not just going to sit back and just let it happen. Take these, these three words. Building brings battle. Well, I'm not in a battle. Then you're not building. Building brings battle. Every time. No exceptions. Building brings battle. If you are building God's kingdom within your life and you are letting God work in you and through you to build His kingdom, I promise you, if you are in a battle, you are headed into one. And our God, through God the Son, Jesus, and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit will strengthen us for the battle. I want you to let Nehemiah's words ring in your ears. Our God will fight for us. But we must have a mind to work. We must have a heart to pray, an eye to watch, and an ear to hear. And when we do, the work will get done. In just a moment, we'll stand, we'll sing. This will be our time of invitation. If God's spoken to your heart, maybe you're in the middle of a battle. Can I tell you something? Maybe you're in the middle of a battle right now, and you need somebody to come alongside of you and help. You need somebody to help you, whether it's just to pray for you, pray with you, to join hands with you, whatever it may be. You're in a battle and you need help. Can, can Sound the trumpet today, will you? Sound the trumpet. Don't be embarrassed to tell a brother or sister in Christ, will you join with me in praying on this? Will you join with me in, in this battle? Will you... Will you Will you come help me? And, and, and as you need that strength, I'll come help you. W- would you be willing to do that today? In just a moment as we stand and as we sing, this altar is always open. Everyone, anyone is always invited to come and pray here if you feel uh, 
led to do so, to kneel and pray. But it may be you just need to slide down the pew a little bit and go to the person next to you and say, would you pray with me for, for a minute? I'm, I'm struggling right now. I got, I'm in a battle. Will you pray with me? We are a body. And we're building together. God give us a mind to work, a heart to pray, an eye to watch, and an ear to hear. Father, I thank you that we do not stand alone. That part of the resources you provide for us is the person that's next to us, in front of us, across the aisle from us, that fellow believer. I thank you, Lord, that you are here to strengthen those who are weary in the battle, those who have heard the rumblings and have become discouraged. Lord, you're here today to strengthen them so that they can take their place in the building of your kingdom and the building of the wall and that they can build with confidence knowing that their God is mighty, their God is strong. Their God is faithful. Their God is true. Their God is able. And that the people that they are surrounded with are here for a purpose. And it is to build beside of them and with them. May today be a day of encouragement, a day of strengthening. It's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together as we sing.
Well, thank you so much for being here today. It's so good to see you. And if no one's told you yet today, can I be the first one to tell you I love you? And I appreciate you so much. Uh, I'm going to go down to the, the back door, the front door, whatever door that is, two and the two double doors back there. I'm going to go back there, and uh, I'll be there to greet you if you have a chance to come by. Uh, again, it's good to see you. For those that are part of the Children's Council, uh, if you will, just go ahead and make your way over to the Fellowship Hall. We're going to have lunch together, and we'll begin our meeting pretty quick, try to get you in and out as fast as possible. you have anything? All right, can you pray us out of here? All right. Lord, thank you. For bringing us together thank you for this time of worship that we can have together and Lord I just pray that as we leave this place and we go our ways that the words that were said in this place continue to ring true in our lives that even though the work is being done the battle still continues and so help us to rely on each other and help us to rely upon you the God who goes before us the God who goes behind us the God who fights for us. So, Lord, give us strength to endure the battle. Give us strength to continue the work. I pray that you be with each and every one of us here in this place. I pray that your hand of blessing rests on each one that is here today. Be with us is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.